Blog Talk Radio. <clears throat> Aloha and welcome to your Metaphysical Minute with Hawaii Psychic Geraldine St. Joseph. Happy St. Valentine's Day to everyone out there. I know that a lot of people uh, forget that it's actually a holiday for a saint, which makes it kind of a religious holiday because it's become so secular, but we won't get into that. Today we're going to be discussing relationships, relationships of all kinds. I'm not going to be doing personal readings for people, but if you have general relationship questions that you feel would help not only yourself but others, then I will take those questions. So basically, we're going to be talking about the nature of relationships, how we affect one another, how our relationships carry over to the rest of our lives, uh, even things that we feel it's not affecting, it does. So I, I did receive some questions via email after we posted this concerning relationships. One of the big issues is our relationship with our parents. Our parents, in a more traditional sense, would be our mother, our father, and we would have good relationships with them both. Our father would be the disciplinarian. He would be the one who works, who supports the family financially, who protects the family physically. He's the provider. Mom is there to be the nurturer, to help us grow, to teach us values, to be there when we're sick, and to help us navigate our ways through life. What's happened in the past several decades, at least here in America, is that We've lost our way so far as what our roles are supposed to be. That's a good thing and a bad thing. Part of the reason why I feel it's a bad thing is because what ends up happening is the ball gets dropped and it people give up on giving the full experience to a child. I don't think it's a conscious thing, but what ends up happening is either both parents become the providers where they're in that work mode and uh, the child has left them with someone else, whether it be a family member or a stranger, to be raised by them as opposed to be raised by their parents. And oftentimes what ends up happening is the child falls through the cracks, being shuffled back and forth, not getting the time, the face time, the quality time as we like to refer to it in PC world. Um, to really be able to develop the way they need to. I am a single parent myself, and I know how difficult it is to raise a child, especially when you're on your own or if you have a partner who's an absentee partner, whether that be absent um, emotionally or absent physically. Sometimes being absent emotionally is a lot more damaging than being absent physically. But that child deserves your full attention when you give them your attention. Simple things like coming home from work and spending maybe 10 minutes in the bathroom to pull yourself together and get out of work mode and transition, then facing the kids and the family and giving them your full attention. Uh, I know it's hard in some jobs because we have uh, different projects that don't end. But 
this is a part of your life that is every bit as important, if not far more important, than bringing home a paycheck. Because of these shifts, and even before this happened, our relationships with our parents are changing. There are children who grow up never really getting to know their parents, never hearing the family stories, not having the oral tradition, and that's a, a sad thing for them, and it's something where there's a sense of loss as time goes on. So this is something that we need to really focus on as parents. And it doesn't matter how old you are, how old your children are, it's never too late to start letting them know the family history and the oral tradition and becoming more a part of each other's lives. Yes, there are some people who are resistant to it, but keep your heart open. Keep loving. Keep sending those loving thoughts and intentions towards the other person. Sometimes it's hard because we don't really feel that way, but if we practice and we meditate on it and we try to bring ourselves to a sense of peace, it becomes easier. That being said, the most important person in your life is you. Your relationship with yourself is paramount to your relationship with anybody else. Yes, your relationship to your parents is important because you end up attracting people who are just like the parent that you have the issues with in order to help you solve those issues. However, if you don't love yourself, if you don't have good self-esteem, if you don't look at yourself in a loving manner, you're never going to believe that anyone else can. So you're not going to accept the love that comes towards you. It's also going to be more difficult for you to move forward and be successful in other areas of your life. And even if you're making billions of dollars, if you don't feel successful and you don't feel happy, it doesn't really mean anything. It's not fulfilling. And so it's empty. And where does that leave you? So sometimes we look at ourselves and we say, how could I possibly love me? Some people say that that is vanity, that you're not supposed to love yourself. Vanity is when you are so preoccupied with your outer self that you don't even know what your inner self looks like. It's a whole other story. Pride, there's nothing wrong with pride. It's arrogance that's the problem. So we need to get these old ideas out of our heads and come to the belief and the truth that we need to love ourselves. And I'm going to get on my soapbox here. But my faith, my belief, is that God is in every one of us. That makes us inherently lovable. And if we claim that we love God, then we should also love ourselves. What does that look like? Well... That looks like taking care of yourself, not allowing yourself to be run down, having boundaries, not letting people use you as a doormat, also not bullying, but standing on your own. When someone is confident in who they are, they don't need to push themselves on anyone else. They don't need to bully. They also don't need everybody's approval. That's one of the big issues as we become teenagers, young adults. The uh, preteens, or what I forget what they call them now. They don't call them preteens anymore. But um, 
all those stages where we're finding out who we are and we're building up who we are, when there's no self-esteem there to build on, we end up looking outside ourselves for approval, for love, and that's not where it comes from. It's just not there. You never feel full that way. Or you do, but for very short periods of time. We fill those spaces with drugs, with alcohol, with sex. We try to get other people to approve of us, to like us, and it just doesn't work. Because if you don't like yourself, you're going to have a very hard time creating a long-standing relationship that's authentic. And by authentic, I mean you get to be you, and the other person in the relationship gets to be whoever they are. You support each other in your uniqueness. You don't push each other into things that you know may not be healthy in one way or another. So that being said, how do we maintain our self-esteem and how do we maintain the self-esteem of our children? There's many different ways to do that. Uh, One is being strong in your conviction and living by your values. Have high integrity. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Oftentimes, we end up being in situations where we just give in to things because it's easier to do so. When it's something like choosing between vanilla and chocolate ice cream, that's not really that big of a deal. But when it comes to where we live, picking on someone else, or doing something that we find inherently wrong or inherently distasteful, then you're beating down your own door. You need to choose your battles. My father taught me that someone who observes evil and does nothing to stop it is just as guilty as the perpetrator. And I believe that. I believe if I see someone struggling with bags and I'm not carrying anything and going in the same direction, or maybe not even going in the same direction, it's my duty as a fellow human and a fellow citizen to at least ask them if they would like help. Because, yes, some people are suspicious. I'm from Philly. I know this. But just the act of offering energetically lifts the person up and makes them feel better. And it also lifts your vibration up because it's a selfless act. You're not going to get anything out of it. You're not expecting a tip at the end of it. It's just something kind to do. You see somebody drop something, you pick it up and you hand it to them. They do something for you, you say thank you. Whether it's a wait staff or your teacher or anyone. One thing that annoys me terribly about television is that there's so little manners on television. Unless you're watching the toddler channels, there's no manners. People do things and they don't say thank you. I see it in the movies too and it just annoys me terribly. Say thank you. It's two little words. It takes less than a second to say that. It doesn't take up that much screen time. Put it in there. This is the way we need to start treating each other with respect. If you want respect, you have to give it. And you have to believe that you deserve it. And in order to deserve it, you have to live by your values. So, basically, one of the things that I did as a young adult in order to build my self-esteem back up 
Outwardly, it appeared that it hadn't gone anywhere, but inwardly, I did feel empty. Um, I think part of that is hormonal, just by being a teenager and growing up. But I believe in a, a big part, a lot of it was just sucking in, covering up, because I didn't want to be hurt. So I started doing what I what is a white light meditation, where you pull in white light energy in a meditation. You visualize yourself being filled with this light. And it's pure white light, like from a light bulb, where if you broke it down, it would have all the colors of the rainbow in it. And it's just, I did it every day for 10 to 15 minutes a day at minimum for over a year. And it took me, it probably took me, I don't even know how many months before I really began feeling the energy as it flowed through me. But I kept at it because I knew it was going to work. I have faith in that. And it can work for you also. That pure white light energy is pure unconditional love. It's part of the source. It's part of the God essence, whatever you want to call it, divinity. And it's in you and it needs to be activated. It needs to be nurtured. My favorite piece of advice for people is that you need to be your own mother your mom. Be the mom that either you had or you didn't have. As you get older, you make choices. You make decisions. And there comes a point where you need to stop blaming things on your parents and take responsibility for who you are. As you do this, you become stronger, you build up your self-esteem, and you become more of a person. It helps you be more in the flow and to discover your life purpose. And to move forward with that. So, if anyone has any questions or any comments, please give us a call. The call in number is 347 838 8162. That's 347 838 8162. Okay. We're about a third of the way through the show. So let's talk about romantic relationships and how that relates. Our romantic relationships are meant to be there to support us. We're meant to be partners, to walk with one another, carry each other on occasion, and bring each other to a better place place, a more full understanding of who we are. We discover ourselves through others. Romantic relationships are important, but I wouldn't say that they're more important or less important than any other type of interpersonal relationship that you'll have in your lifetime. Romantic relationships are often confused with the be-all and the end-all, when we have a little bit of chemistry going and we feel very attracted to someone, we tend to forget that there's a whole person there. One of the mistakes that we make that I see very often is we have this checklist of stuff that we want in somebody. A checklist might be 80 or 100 things long, all these wonderful things we want from somebody. And we meet someone And they match one or two things on our checklist. So we staple our checklist to their forehead and assume that they have everything else on it 
And then as we go through the relationship and realize that they don't have everything else on it, we feel betrayed. We feel very um, let down, disappointed, because you're not who you said you were. But that's not really what happens. What happens is they're not who we said they were. And we do it to each other. It's not like women just do it to men or men do it to women. Everyone does it to everybody. And this is in a lot of different types of relationships too, but it seems to happen the worst in romantic relationships. Probably because we have so much riding on that. We want so much from it. We expect it to feed us in so many ways. So the key is when you meet someone and you enter into a romantic relationship, the key is not to staple your list to their forehead, but to have your list and check it against what's really going on and see whether or not they match it. And I can almost guarantee you that you're not going to find someone who matches your list 100%. So you have to have your list situated in priorities. What are the things that you absolutely cannot live with? What are the things you absolutely cannot live without? What do you really need to be happy or to maintain your happiness in a relationship? Because relationships don't make you happy. You need to be happy with yourself going in. A relationship is not going to fill that for you. A relationship will help support it or should help support it, but it's not going to create it if it's not already there. If you haven't already set yourself up to be happy and you're not already happy with yourself, relationships not going to help that. If anything, what it does is it will really bring into sharp focus the things that aren't there, the things that need to be taken care of. So one of the things you need to realize is that when you're leaving a relationship, you need to look at that relationship and see what did it teach me? Where were we going? Was it some kind of karma we needed to clear up? Was this about Was this about changing something in me? Or was it more about changing something in them? Was it equally beneficial to the two of us? And sometimes the most painful relationships teach us the most. What I see occurring is that people do have karma together, are soulmates, and my definition of soulmate is just anyone that you've incarnated with in the past, And you meet, and it's electric. It's awesome. And then you achieve whatever the goal is, and then all of a sudden the spark is gone. There's nothing there. At that point, what we need to do is move away from the relationship. It's when we don't that then we begin fighting, things get hostile, and then we lose it altogether. Not too many relationships can survive long-term if, we keep pushing it to be something that it's not. So going with that train of thought, some people have asked me, one of the questions I received was, 
What about the one? Do people ask you about the one? Is there really a one? My answer to that is uh, no, but there's usually like hundreds or dozens at the very least. When we incarnate, there are many potential partners for us. There's very, very, very few people who incarnate with that one do-all, end-all soulmate twin flame who's incarnated at the same time. It doesn't really make sense to do it that way just because there's something called free will. Free will will gum up the works every time. Just because you find the person that you feel is your best mate, that they're perfect for you, that you fit together very well like a hand in a glove, doesn't mean that they're going to choose to be with you the same way that you're choosing to be with them. It's a choice. It's free will. There's not a psychic in the world who can tell you, oh, absolutely, definitely, this is what's going to happen 100%. Because you have that free will, you can look at the situation and say, well, this looks really good, but I'm not ready yet. Or the other person may do that. And then you miss that opportunity. That opportunity passes. Then you move on to the next one. And you see what happens there. But you always have free will in the situation. There's nothing that compels you to absolutely have to do a certain thing or follow a certain path. If you're familiar with the tree of life, which is a Kabbalah symbol, it has several points. And basically, the theme is that there's 22 roads to any destination. They can go any number of ways. You could take the high road. You could take the low road. You can go straight there. You could be zigzaggy. You could take a while to get there and backtrack and hit every point. So just as a matter of your decision, your decision is the right decision. It's just the timing that creates the difference. Do you need to move forward right now? Should you wait a little bit? Is the other person ready for you? Are they not ready for you? So different things like that. I often have people come to me and get a reading and then they'll ask, they'll want to ask a specific question. I always start readings off with a general reading. I don't want to know your situation. I don't want to know what your question is. I want to see what spirit wants to say to you because it's not always the same thing. What spirit sees is important and the way spirit views things, the interconnectedness of things is different than the way we view it. So you may come to me and be thinking, I'm going to ask about business, and what comes up is all about your marriage or your love life. Because things are askew there, it's impacting your business. People don't understand, you only have one life. You have one body. Everything impacts everything, no matter how small it is or how big it is or how far removed you think it is. Everything impacts everything. So having an argument with your wife in the morning before you go to work changes your energetic. Even if you sit in the car and breathe deep and try to clear yourself before you go to work, something is different. Your mindset's a little bit different. You carry that into work with you. You bring it with you through the day, and it affects everything you do, and it affects the way people feel about you and feel around you, even though it's on a subconscious level. So you need to understand that your relationships are important. 
maintaining a healthy relationship with yourself, your own soul, is the most important of these relationships. Then to resolve issues with your parents is important also. Not everyone can resolve the issues with their parents. But if you can take a different viewpoint and look to see how these issues may have served you over time, what did you learn from this? What did you get from this? Are you a different parent because of this? Somehow they shaped who you are by their absence or their presence. And it's in understanding that that we then can move forward. You don't have to make nicey-nicey necessarily because there's some people that just never come to that. And once a parent is gone, it doesn't mean your opportunity is over to find a middle ground, to be more loving in your heart towards that soul. Once we cross over, we see things a little bit differently. might be a good time to resolve things. Write them a letter. Tell them how you felt. You don't have to send the letter, but the energetic is out there. Releasing that energetic is very important. Your relationship with your parents dictates your relationship with your lover. So you want that to be as smooth as possible. If anyone has any questions, feel free to call or any comments, anything you would like to either dispute or tell me if you have a different belief, just give us a call. Today is St. Valentine's Day and we are discussing the nature of relationships and how our relationships affect each other and every part of our lives. So speaking of parental relationships, one of the things we do as kids, most people, actually I don't think I've ever met anybody who didn't say as a child that, I'm not going to do that to my kids. And then when you get older, you realize, wow, my parents weren't that dumb. At least most of us do. Some people really did have very bad parenting, and so they learned from their parents what not to do. Some of us had exceptionally good parenting that we didn't really um, honor at the time or didn't realize how lucky we were at the time. And as we get older and we have children of our own and begin to raise them, we're like, wow, my parents are amazing. My mom is a sage. I find myself as an adult, now that I have a 12-year-old daughter, calling my mother and thanking her for not throwing me out when I was 12, 13, 14 years old because I was horrible, especially to my mother. We couldn't say hello to each other without arguing. And that, now that I'm an adult, I understand a little bit more what was going on, but I also understand that my mother's endless patience with us, she had five, her endless patience with us and her endless, unconditional, absolute loving nature really was a, a gift. And that that's something that I will strive to mimic in my own relationship with my daughter. My parents were strict which was good because children need to feel safe. And in order to feel safe, they need boundaries. And that's what discipline is all about. Discipline means to teach. It's not a dirty word. It's a good word. It's something we all need. 
self-discipline and to discipline our children. Um, my mom kept us on a fairly short leash, which was great because when there were things going on that we didn't want to participate in, but that there might have been some pressure there, we could always count on mom to yank us in and be the bad guy. Uh, so then we didn't have to deal with the comments from our friends and whatnot. It was like everybody knew, you know, my mom didn't put up with much. So it was not a big deal that I didn't go to the party or that once I was at the party, all of a sudden my parents came to pick me up and things like that. And we had a secret signal between us so that if someone was calling and asking for me to go somewhere that I didn't feel comfortable going, either I knew there was going to be alcohol there or whatever the conditions may be that made me feel unsettled, I could count on my mom to look at me to figure out whether or not I should be allowed to go. And we would, you know, have certain hand signals and gestures where she knew she would say no very loudly so they would hear on the phone. I'd be like, oh, well, my mom's not going to let me go. Giving your kids that, that freedom to know that you trust them and to know that you are going to be there to yank them back from the edge before they fall is very important. Start talking to your children. My mother built a relationship with us or relationships with us from when we were babies, and that never stopped. She always talked to us, whether we wanted to hear it or not. She always kept the lines of communication open, as did my father. My father is a really good listener. So those are things that I took from my parents and try to utilize them with my own child. It's building a relationship. So when I'm in romantic relationships or friendships, I understand the need for that security, the need for those boundaries, the need for discipline and holding your ground and setting things up so that everyone in the situation feels safe and so that you know where you stand and they know where they stand. Honesty is a big thing in relationships. If you don't know how you feel, you need to say that you don't know how you feel and you need a minute. Take a moment. Think about what you're saying. Think about what you're doing. Don't just jump into it just because it's there. That's not fair to the other person. It's also not fair to you because you end up with entanglements that aren't necessary. On a whole different level, energetically, relationships tie us together. Energy cords can bind us or enliven us. In a healthy relationship, the energy goes back and forth between two people or a group of people where we take energy from one another and give energy to one another. I'm there for you. You're there for me. I listen to you. You listen to me. It's an exchange. It's not always even, but it should flow both ways, and it shouldn't become so out of balance that one person is drained from the other. These are called energy cords. And I highly recommend during different parts of your life, maybe once a year, to thoroughly and completely pull cords on everything and everybody in your life. And what this does 
is it doesn't mean that you no longer love your mom. It just resets the energetic back to balance so that if it was out of balance, it puts it back in. There's some people that you're not going to allow to reconnect because you don't want their energetic in your aura anymore. So that you shield yourself from. But there's different meditations you could do. And I suggest pulling cords, not cutting cords, because when you pull cords, you take the entire cord out of your energy body as opposed to leaving it in and then your energy body's got to deal with that. So you're pulling it out excuse me, leaving a space and you're filling that space with white light energy and healing and becoming complete again. This will help you with past traumatic events as well as dealing with people in your everyday life. When you first start to do it, it can be exhausting. And I recommend with my clients that the first time they do it, they take at least 7 to 14 days to do it. And you take a section of your body every night and you just do that section. And you'll be amazed. The first couple of days, you just really want to sleep. After you're about halfway to two-thirds there, you start feeling like you have all this extra energy. And it's because it's not being pulled out by things that are necessary anymore. You also find that people that you were being a little contentious with or cantankerous with, that becomes less of an emotional trigger point. Also, People will feel you doing this. They don't know what they're feeling, but they feel something. And you'll get phone calls from people you haven't heard from in a really long time. And that's just amazing to me. It's always amazing to me. So definitely, part of your homework for this week is to pull cords, is to relax, imagine your body, see your energy body, see these cords flowing from you, There'll be all kinds of shapes and sizes, all kinds of colors. And some people can just feel them like little pressure points. Other people see them visually. Sometimes you just have to imagine it and fake it till you make it because not everyone is sensitive enough right in the beginning to be able to do this and be very successful with it because they're not used to feeling their energetic body or their energy around them. And pull these cords out. Ask your, your guardian angel to help you. I usually call Raphael because he's the angel of healing to help out with that. And pull cords. I generally like to start with my feet and go up to my head, but you could start at your head and go down to your feet. Whatever way you want to cut your body up, section it off is fine. The other method of uh, pulling cords that you may want to try is if you have a specific person in your life who you just cannot stop thinking about even though you know they're not good for you or who you just argue with all the time for no reason and you can't figure out what is going on with that, you can pull energy cords on that specific person. And the way you do that is you sit down with your feet flat on the floor, your back straight, take four or five deep breaths, Breathe in very deeply, breathe out slowly, relax your body, oxygenate your cells, relax, and imagine the person sitting across from you. And you can see energy cords between you and them, and they could be attached anywhere, they could be any size, they could be any color. 
He asks for your guardian angel's assistance. And with their assistance, you start pulling out these cords. And when you pull them out, you see a space. And you fill that space up with white light energy and heal it. And then you push the cords towards the other person. Say whatever it is you need to say. No matter how nasty, no matter how nice. Because the important thing is getting out that energetic, releasing it from your body. Just get it out. Say whatever it is that you wish you could have said to them or you wish you could say to them. And push the energy cords towards them. Put them in a white light bubble. Take a deep breath. And just blow them away. And watch them float away. Watch them float off into the distance. If it's somebody that you have heavy-duty connections with, you may want to do this for every night for seven nights or so until you don't see the energy cords anymore. Then when you need to deal with this person, you'll be in a better space because you'll be more objective about the situation and you'll be able to see things more clearly. This is especially helpful when you're going through different romantic things or even dealing with things with your parents where you just cannot hear each other. As I said, my mother and I used to just, oh, we couldn't even say hello to each other, that it just wasn't annoying. And we would argue. And that actually lasted for a really long time. I'd say it was probably in my 30s. And I had my daughter when she was 28. Before I came to a point where I started to enjoy my mom again. And um, I did the pulling cords in order to reset things with us. And I changed the way we communicated in order to reset things. Now, those are questions that we can answer at another time, communication. But for now, that's your homework. Pull cords. Pull cords on specific people that you need to. That might be the best way to start. And then pull cords on your entire body and feel the energy flow back into you. Feel your body, the energetic of it, come back to life. Know that God loves you. Know that you love yourself. Look in the mirror at least twice a day. When you wake up in the morning before you go to bed at night, look in the mirror and notice all the wonderful things about yourself. See the light inside of you. Watch it open up and really become radiant as you acknowledge it. And let yourself know that you love yourself. Give yourself a treat. Give yourself rest. Give yourself care. Give yourself the consideration that you would with other people. Allow yourself to be loved by other people. Allow other people to help you, to pamper you. You don't need to do it all yourself. You know you can do it. You know you can handle it. doesn't mean you have to. And it doesn't mean that you have to consistently create scenarios where you're crying out for help in order to get help. You don't need to be sick. You don't need to be hurt. All you need to do is ask and be open to the answers. So we're down to five minutes on our talk show. And I think I'm going to probably cut it short today. I do need to get to church, and at Unity of Diamond Head, we're doing a special Valentine's Day party today for the kids. So if you have any questions, comments, 
or even any show ideas, please contact me. My website is www.psychicinhawaii.com, and I'm on there with some of my friends who I highly recommend. My email address is Geraldine, G-E-R-A-L-Y-N, at voiceofspirit.com. My favorite metaphysical store on the island uh, where I work is Gaia, Hawaii, and their website is GaiaHawaiiOnline.com. We have lots of great readers and healers there. So if you'd like a personal appointment, please give me a call. My number is 808-261-7866. That's 808-261-7866. Please keep in mind that we're on Hawaii time. It's five hours earlier here than it is on the East Coast. Should give you a good idea. We don't do um, daylight savings time, so it's five hours right now. Some upcoming shows will be um, discussing what is a blessing versus a clearing versus an exorcism. Someone had written in that question. We also have what is a ghost? I see dead people. What do I do now? Chakra basics. What is energy healing? And I'm sure there will be plenty more. So just call me with any questions or email me at Geraldine at voiceofspirit.com. So for Valentine's Day, we're going to call this a wrap. Enjoy yourself. Love yourself. Take care of yourself. And do your homework. Have a good week.